0: In episode 20, I talked about some of the things you should avoid saying and offered some suggestions of what you could say to somebody who's grieving after a pregnancy or infant loss. In today's episode, I wanna offer some suggestions of what you can do to support them. Welcome to the Pause to Remember podcast. My name is Amy Pelkey. I'm a practicing CRNA yoga teacher and mother to one son here on earth, and one daughter who was stillborn. If you are a healthcare provider who has experienced pregnancy or infant loss, this podcast is for you. My goal is to offer resources, conversations, and mindfulness-based grief tools to help providers like you build the courage to acknowledge and process your emotions, the strength to carry your grief, and resilience so you can preserve your career, relationships, and overall well being while honoring the memory of your baby. I want to assure you that you are not alone in your grief. I am thankful that you are here today. Let's begin. Thank you so much for joining me here today. The fact that you are listening is an indication of how much you care about either your coworker or somebody you know who's grieving after pregnancy or infant loss. So I want to start with three goals to kind of create a framework from which to guide this conversation. The first would be alleving leaving feelings of isolation and loneliness. There's a lot of uncertainty about how to navigate that grief and it is not uncommon to withdraw, socially isolate, and feel lonely in the midst of all of this overwhelming emotion. Number two, support the griever with day-to-day responsibilities. Grieving is exhausting. Simply getting out of bed and showering can feel like a chore. So when you get to the cooking, the cleaning, the grocery shopping, the day-to-day stuff, It can feel like too much sometimes, and that includes taking care of other living children. The third goal would be to offer some comfort. The physical pain, sadness, anger, and other uncomfortable sensations or emotions are normal with grief. Physically, the mom may be sore after a traumatic birth, might be recovering from surgery, either a C-section or surgery with an ectopic pregnancy or DNC, something like that. They might feel weak from blood loss. They are experiencing hormonal fluctuations. And then dealing with lactation and trying to dry up the milk and the emotional pain of losing the baby and having empty arms and an empty cradle. That is a lot. So with these three goals to create a framework, I want to start offering you some suggestions. I want to start by addressing the coworkers, physician partners, managers, in the healthcare setting who have a colleague who is grieving a pregnancy or infant loss, one of the most important things you can do is ensure that they have adequate time off to physically heal and find resources to start the grieving journey. And when I talk about resources, I'm talking about going to therapy or finding a grief support group or finding a grief coach to help navigate re-entry back into the workplace. If someone has experienced a stillbirth or an infant loss, giving them a full maternity leave, six weeks with vaginal delivery and eight weeks with a C-section is very reasonable and should be expected. I would also say that it is not uncommon for women to feel like they need the full 12 weeks that they would have taken had their baby been born. You might scratch your head and be like, why would they need to take 12 weeks of FMLA if they don't have a baby at home? Well, as healthcare providers, we're lifting patients, turning them, pushing stretchers, There is some physical demands to our job, and it takes time for the body to heal, the pelvic floor to recover from the pregnancy. Lactation is like a secondary insult. It is very painful when the milk comes in, it takes time for it to dry up, and here they have another reminder physically that they don't have a baby. Hormonal shifts are no different than if there is a baby at home. And insomnia may really interrupt their sleep-wake cycle. And we all know how difficult it is to get care at this point in time. Finding a therapist, a grief counselor, establishing that relationship and going doesn't happen overnight. Preparing for re-entry into the workplace can take multiple sessions. If you are one of the leaders in your department, whether you are the charge person, manager, department chair, residency coordinator, scheduler, whatever your title, try to make arrangements to keep the grieving provider out of the OB department and away from caring for pediatric patients. We all know it's easier to add a provider back into the call rotation or back into caring for a certain group of patients than it is trying to take them off the schedule. You could also offer for them to come back a couple days a week and then slowly increase the number of days that they're working as they're getting more and more comfortable and finding the resources they need to get through the day safely and comfortably. So now that we've taken this little detour, let's return to the goals that I mentioned at the beginning. The first one being alleviating isolation and loneliness. Every time you send a text, pick up the phone and call or send a card, it counts and it matters. It helps the person who is grieving know that somebody out there cares. It can be as simple as sending a text that says, I'm thinking about you right now. Or you could say, I'm checking in to see how you're doing. Do you mind if I give you a call? Don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Simply call, listen, let them know you care. See where the conversation goes. Okay, let's talk about cards. This is a great opportunity to go and support your local Hallmark. Cards are such a beautiful expression of care and concern. Cards that line the countertop in the kitchen or the bedside table can easily be picked up and read again and again. Of course, sending a card right after the baby has passed is a thoughtful gesture. I would encourage you to go one step further and send a card every month. For example, if the baby was born on the 12th of the month, for the next 11 months, send a card to arrive right around the 12th of each month. I recently had a provider tell me how difficult month number nine was for her. So you never know what is going to be going on in that family's lives, in the mother's life, that might trigger that grief. And you may just randomly send the card on month number nine or month number 11, and it might be the absolute perfect time to acknowledge that baby's life and let that mom know, I'm still here and I'm still thinking about you, and I recognize that grieving is a journey and it's not something that goes away overnight. It's something that you carry for a lifetime. So with that being said, you could mark the birthday of the baby on your calendar and send a birthday card every year to that mom to acknowledge the baby's birthday. In addition to texts, calls, and cards, you could also Say, hey, I'm going down to the local coffee shop. Would you like to meet me? Or even drop by the house with a cup of coffee. You could invite the family over to join your family for movie night. You could call and say, I'm going for a walk. Do you want to join me? Things like that. It doesn't have to be grand. It doesn't have to be super planned out. It can be spontaneous. It's simply letting know that mom, that family know that you're there for her. Now I know that I am addressing a lot of this towards the grieving mother, and I do wanna acknowledge that the fathers and the children grieve too. So if you want to say to the dad, you wanna go play nine or 18 holes of golf, or you wanna go fishing, or you wanna go for a motorcycle ride, that is another way to offer support to a family that is grieving. Okay, so moving on to goal number two, some ideas to support the day-to-day responsibilities within the family's household. Instead of saying, let me know if there's anything I can do for you, maybe pick a couple of things that you identify would be really comfortable for you. For example, you could call and say, my family is going to the park, or we're going for a bike ride, or we're going miniature golfing. Can we swing by and pick up your kids for the afternoon and take them with us? This would give the family, the parents, an opportunity to reconnect, to take a nap, to try to get caught up on some household things, to just take a deep breath. Some other ideas would include grocery shopping, running errands, offering to drive the mom to follow up doctor's appointments if her spouse or partner is working, You might offer to mow the grass or get a lawn service to stop by, shovel the snow, clean the house or hire a cleaning person to come and give a quick top to bottom refresh. Dropping off a homemade meal, it could be something as simple as some soup and muffins or fruit salad and granola or something like that Or you might want to actually make them a whole meal, drop off some gift cards so that they could order out. If you and some other people want to be very coordinated, you could use something like mealtrain.com. Coordinate a drop-off every two to three days for the entire maternity leave and into the transition back to work to alleviate some of the stress of food preparation. It is nice to check in to see if there's any food allergies or sensitivities or any dietary concerns that other people in the family have. As much as families appreciate food, sometimes they don't want the burden of having to interact with others. Giving the family the option of placing a cooler on their front steps so that whomever is dropping off the food can just simply place it in the cooler and allow the family to get it after it's been dropped off is a nice option to give them. With goal number three being to offer comfort, I'm gonna give you some ideas of things that you can buy. Send flowers or a plan arrangement, a gift certificate for a massage or a series of massages, a cozy robe, soft PJs, thick socks, essential oils, a plush throw blanket to snuggle under with a new book, a few books that I would recommend include It's Okay That You Are Not Okay, Ashlyn's Journal, When Bad Things Happen to Good People, and Confessions of a Griever. I will put links to all those books in the show notes. You could have a personalized frame with the baby's name and birth date engraved from Etsy or Things Remembered. Willow tree angels can be nice A Christmas tree ornament that's a butterfly, an angel, or a cardinal can be very symbolic while honoring the memory of the baby's life. And finally, you could pay to have a star named after the baby, plant a tree in honor of the baby, or send a tree to the family to be planted in the yard. In the interest of time, I'm going to leave it at that. I think we've covered enough ground to give you some direction to let your creativity flow and your thoughtfulness be communicated to the grieving family. I will put in the show notes links to Meal Train, some of the essential oils, Um, the books that I mentioned, and a link to all this information in a blog post. If you prefer to have the information emailed to you, I will also put a link in there. And once you put your name and email in, an email will go to you with a list of these things that I covered in the podcast, as well as episode 20. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the podcast. If you've listened this far, clearly you are somebody who cares deeply about somebody who's grieving after pregnancy or infant loss. If this information was helpful to you, please share this episode on your social media, with friends and family, or anybody else you think would benefit from the information. If you would like to support the work being done here at Pause to Remember, please consider donating with the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for being here. I look forward to sharing more with you on this podcast, on the website, and as time goes on with more resources for grieving providers after pregnancy or infant loss.